The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What you're about to hear is based on actual events. Listener discretion is advised. It is a race now. A question of who will get him first. One of the many officers who have jogged past the dumpster, or Mei Yang, who is relentlessly goading him to end it. To end it the way he had for her, with the knife. Marcus looks into the blade and throws a wild thought back at his lover's ghost. At least you won't have to tidy up once I'm gone. Not that you ever fucking cleaned up after yourself. A grin begins to slide across his mouth, but curdles when he sees his reflection. He's become something hideous. A ghoul crouched in a dumpster, leering into a murder weapon. He wipes at the dry blood on his hands and feels shame. Shame not for what he has started, but for what he's having so much trouble finishing. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Outwardly clean, but inwardly filthy, Marcus sheepishly exits the shop with cleaning supplies, certain that the dubious clerk has picked up a phone. He quickly escapes down the sidewalk, forcing himself not to sprint, and is soon back at the door of his apartment. Already there is a foul smell in the air. I have to hurry, Marcus thinks as he unlocks the door. He looks around the hallway, suddenly aware that his neighbors can probably smell the odor that's now seeping from his flat. He slips inside, swinging his extensive hall in behind him, and is struck by how empty this space feels with Mayang removed from it, in spirit at least, now to erase her physically. For the last hour his thoughts have been scattered, but as he passes the body, carpet squelching beneath his feet, Marcus's mind snaps into problem-solving mode. Amongst his newly acquired inventory are rubber gloves, a scrub brush, bleach, extra-large black industrial garbage bags, and a large cooking pot. Marcus places the pot in the sink and begins filling it with water. He pulls a sack from his pile of goods and sets it on the counter, looking around for something to liberate its contents with. He notices a glint in the corner of his vision and hones in on the murder weapon. He grabs it, slices open the sack of lye, and pours it into the pot. He stares dumbly at the mixture as he stirs it, finally calming now that a plan is in motion. A frightened animal will always resort to its most primal instincts. A deer might run, a cat will hiss and claw, but a chef, a chef cooks. Marcus's hands move almost without him thinking, and soon the condo is thick with the smell of lye solution, a concoction used to break down the least edible parts of an animal into something one can cook with. Bone broth, in this instance. Marcus's specialty. It can take hours, but eventually the flesh dissolves, the cartilage turns gooey and gelatinous, and what remains of the bones can go out in a doggy bag. Marcus kneels and strips the body of clothing, pulling layers off and tossing them into a sticky puddle on the floor. He puts his clothing and my angs into the laundry and watches the water tint red from the blood-soaked clothes, like a steeping tea. Now, it's time to get rid of the body. Marcus rolls my Aang's death-stiffened corpse onto her stomach with little difficulty. He takes the kitchen knife and tries to saw through her back, but the blade isn't up to this sort of butchery. He tries to stab the blade between the ribs and use it like a lever, but the bones are too strong. He leans forward, putting more of his weight behind the blade. Marcus braces himself with one hand while pressing hard with the other. The knife slips and slices into his hand. Fuck! Marcus screams, gripping the wound. He rushes to the sink to rinse the cut. The knife went deep. Throbbing pain sets in and Marcus can't move his fingers. There's damage to the tendons. He looks over his shoulder at Mayang laying face down in a smeared bloody mess on the dining room floor. He hesitates for a moment, then wraps his hand in a towel and leaves for the emergency room. Marcus doesn't return until morning. He is badgered by the condo manager who greets him in the hallway. She has been getting complaints about a terrible smell coming from his flat. 
My yang has been rotting on the kitchen floor for a day now. The stench of decaying meat wafts through the halls and courtyards surrounding the building. Marcus shows the manager his hand. Only his index, middle finger, and thumb are visible. The rest is tightly bandaged. He explains that he had been cooking when the knife slipped and had to go to the emergency room. He's on edge, but projects calm. He just wants to be rid of her. The manager eyes him suspiciously as he pretends to have trouble with his keys. Finally, she walks away, and he quickly enters. The stench hits him like a sledgehammer. He pinches his nose shut and closes the door. The deadbolt clicks loudly, echoing through the empty flat. He rounds the corner of the dining room. She is right where he left her, slumped a little more now that rigor mortis has gone. Marcus is prepared this time. He picked up a meat cleaver on the way back from the hospital. Instead of going straight for the torso, he decides to remove the arms and legs before getting into the hard stuff. He grabs Myang's left wrist between the three usable fingers on his left hand and raises it above her head, exposing her armpit. He practices his swing, lining up the blade as close to the shoulder as possible. Marcus raises the hefty meat axe high overhead. Myang's skull is twisted at an odd angle so that her dead, pale eyes meet his. He swallows, then pushes her chin so she's looking away. The cleaver sinks into her flesh, cutting about halfway through. Marcus has to rock the blade back and forth to free it from the bone, and swings again. He falls back as the arm separates from Myang's body. The severed shoulder joint leaks black, half-congealed blood onto the tile. He tosses it aside and grabs the other wrist. He has to pull hard with both hands to free the arm from under her body. Marcus swings a couple more times, and the second arm is free. He spreads her legs to detach them at the hip, gingerly setting her penis aside so as not to chop it off by mistake. He doesn't want any random pieces of her left behind. His hand lifts the cleaver above his head, slamming it back down and burying the blade deep into her pelvis. Marcus tugs on the leg a little to open the cut, looking for where the femur connects to the pelvis. He forces himself to think of it as just a boning a chicken as he pops the joint out of his socket before cutting the backside free. He finishes and looks at Myang's arms and legs, stacked like logs next to her torso. Her head looks awkward and lonely without the other limbs. That's next, Marcus thinks, and grabs Myang by the hair. He shifts her head roughly around to size up the best angle of approach. He touches the steel to her throat, just about where her Adam's apple used to be, lining up his shot. His hands are sweating. He tries to dry them on his shirt, not wanting another slip-up. He swings with all his might, leaning into the blow. He cuts straight through to the spine. He can see the yellow vertebrae at the deepest edge of the cut. Coagulated globs of blood ooze out of the severed arteries, pooling in the gaping cut. Feeling confident, his next blow slices clean through the bone. Fuck, he hisses. He realizes he should have put down a barrier as the axe is sunk into the floor. Marcus yanks it loose and grabs the head by a fistful of hair and sets it with Myang's other pieces. Exhausted, he falls back on his ass and revels before the fruit of his horrific work. Myang's head returns his gaze, mouth agape. 
He shakes the feeling that she is somehow still seeing and finds the knife he cut himself with the night before. It's still laying on the floor where he dropped it. The blood in the blade is dried brown. Just looking at the thing makes his hand ache. He picks it up off the floor and grabs a garbage bag from beneath the sink. Marcus peels open the bag next to Myang's torso. He rolls the body onto its side and rests it against his legs. Turning his head to the side and holding his breath, he plunges the knife into her stomach just below the ribs and saws across. Putrid organs flow from the cut, tumbling over each other into the open bag. Marcus has to reach inside and pull the remainder out of the cavity before he can carve the torso into two pieces. He backs away still on his knees and holds the torso at arm's length. It's easier to balance on its side now that it's lighter. He severs the spine with a few blows from the cleaver. The upper half of the body rolls away, only connected by a single back muscle. A few more slices and the torso is now in two parts. Tits and ass. He sets his attention on getting rid of the body. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Marcus depresses the front burner's dial and turns it to high heat. The coiled eye comes to life, glowing orange beneath the pot of lye solution. Slowly and with tongs, each foot is lowered into the deadly broth. He resists the instinct of breathing in the steam that results. The well-manicured feet bob in the water a moment before he 
pushes them down with a large wooden spoon. Finally, they are soaked enough to submerge, and he directs his attention to cleaning up, with a focus on dampening the smell. He turns where he stands and takes in the scene as a whole. It's the first time he's done so since this horror began. Specks of blood dot every surface in the kitchen. Nothing is spared. A wide brown streak sweeps over the floor to a pile of body parts and coagulated blood and dried shit. Marcus, weary from lack of sleep, begins cleaning. He's too mentally exhausted to be bothered by what he's doing anymore. He piles the body parts into a garbage bag, which he then stuffs inside the washing machine in a bid to keep the stench from spreading. He picks up the bits of red glass strewn across the bloody living room carpet and removes the end table. He straightens the furniture, making a mental note of where he needs to clean off the blood. The couch will need an upholstery cleaner, and the carpet is going to need an industrial shampooer. They'll have to wait until later. Marcus turns his attention to the kitchen and grabs a mop. He works his way from the pool of blood in the living room to the center of the kitchen. The mop smears dry blood back and forth across his path. Eventually, the stain grows fainter. Blood and dirt turn the mop water a dingy reddish brown. The apartment is filled with the tepid musk of the boiling corpse. It may need some water at it. Marcus is speaking to himself now, something he's never done before. It feels right. He has passed the absolute limits of emotional and physical exhaustion. He takes a measuring cup from the cupboard and fills it with water. The rolling boil slows as he pours it into the mixture. That should be good for a while, he surmises through a yawn. He wants to sleep, but he has to finish cleaning. He rinses and refills the mop bucket and is numbly wiping away at the brown streak of shit and blood on the floor when he hears a loud hissing noise. Myang's feet are boiling over. Marcus rushes to turn down the heat without getting scalded. Water sloshes over the side of the pot, splashing over the stovetop. Something sizzles. Cracks, pops behind the stove, creating a pulse of light that temporarily blinds him. He swings a hand in front of his face and realizes the lights are out. The stove is shorted and tripped a breaker. His vision slowly acclimates to the darkness. Shit. Now he has to call an electrician. To himself he sounds like a maniac, but to the secretary, Marcus comes off as overly friendly. He explains that he was cooking and his stockpot boiled over, shorting at the stove and killing the power in the whole building. An electrician is in the area. She'll send him out ASAP. Marcus hangs up the phone and rests his eyes. His mind goes black. Finally shorted out as well. Bali is lovely in June. Bali is always lovely. Myang is always lovely. She's sunning herself in a blanket. Everything is perfect. There's a hunk of blistered meat on a white plate in her lap that she's tucking into. Her foot is missing. Blood is pouring out on the sand. She's having trouble cutting through her big toe. The doorbell rings and Marcus jumps. He's not sure how long he was sitting there. He must have dozed off. He navigates his way to the door using a flashlight. The electrician shields his eyes from the torch when 
Marcus opens the door and pinches his nose. His eyes are instantly watering from how bad the flat smells. Marcus apologizes profusely for the stench, claiming it to be pig's broth. The electrician follows him through the dark apartment to the kitchen, cupping a hand over his mouth. Something is splashing underfoot as they walk. The tradesman thinks this is odd, but doesn't say anything. To speak would be to breathe, after all. Marcus points to the stove. He's sure to stand in front of the pool of blood on the other side of the kitchen. Quickly, the electrician identifies the problem and tells Marcus he'll have power back in a moment. He's about out of breath from holding it and quickly exits the flat without bothering to share his diagnosis. Silent moments seem to stretch out forever as Marcus waits for the power to return. In a flash, the condo comes to life. Various beeps sound from assorted appliances throughout the flat as they reset. Marcus returns the pot to the eye of the stove, but is interrupted when the doorbell rings again. He answers the building manager's follow-up knock. She wants to know why the power went down. Marcus tries to feign calm, but he's bug-eyed with exhaustion, pale, and he and the flat smell terrible. The manager insists on coming inside to check the place out. He hesitantly stands aside for her to enter. The stench makes her turn her face up and gag. It doesn't smell like death, more like old dog food. She immediately sees the blood and looks to Marcus, who holds up his bandaged hand. She's suspicious, but wants to escape the stench. She asks about Myang, and he feeds her a line about them having broken up. It's clear that neither want to continue speaking. The manager can't take the smell, and Marcus is too tired to humor her. After an awkward moment of silence, she exits, and he locks the door behind her. Marcus collapses against the door when she finally leaves. Sweat breaks out over his face and chest. He can barely breathe. Fatigue gives him a sort of head high, a feverish near dissociation with reality. He feels like the air he's breathing is drowning him. The darkness of sleep sweeps over him again, while it can. My Yang is sex. Other girls are pretty, beautiful even, but my Yang is pure sex. Whenever she slaps him or puts him down, he remembers her body wrapping itself around a pole, contorting and flipping and sliding about the steel that makes him imagine his own little rod in her hands. He can't get enough of her. She pulls her slender, effeminate penis to the side and the pole slices clean through her thigh. The ruined meat falls to the stage, green and slimy from decay. The air smells like bone broth. Marcus realizes that she's not dancing on a pole, but a comically large version of the kitchen knife he murdered her with. She flips and turns and her left arm comes away, then her right leg. She's spitting free by one hand and then that's gone, along with her head, from which her eyes fire daggers. Now there is only her disembodied penis fluttering through the air around the knife as though attached to the hips of a ghost. There's a flash of steel and it flies into Marcus's lap. Myang's gray lips let loose a maniacal cackle. Her eyes are swollen shut. There's a knock at the door behind his head and Marcus snaps awake with a deep inhalation of breath. A 
takes him several long seconds to realize the flat that he's in is his. The lights are mostly off and there are pots boiling on the stove. A thick, reeking fog hangs in the air. This is the police. We're conducting a welfare check on my Yang Persetto. Adrenaline. He shoots up from the floor and peers through the peephole. He sees the building manager's warped face in the fisheye lens. Uniformed officers flank her on both sides. She has keys in her hand. Bitch. He races to the kitchen and grabs the knife he'd used to kill my Yang. Her feet simmer away on the stove, steam rising. He rushes to the back patio as the front door unlocks and vaults over the railing into the courtyard. The air outside isn't thick and scented with chemicals and human flesh. It's crisp and refreshing. Just close to the ocean, you can smell the hint of salt in the air. For a moment, Marcus feels free. He hears the complex manager yell out. He doesn't look back. She knows. The authorities know. Everybody knows. Everything he'd done in the kitchen, everything he'd done to Mayang, was pointless now. He doesn't know where he's going. He just runs. The officers chasing Marcus lose him in the maze of buildings. But the hunt is on now, and soon the entire complex, the streets for miles around, are swarming with police. The condo manager shows them around the flat. The smell is tremendous. Officers clear the living room and master bedroom before moving into the kitchen. A pot boils on the stove. One of the officers switches off the heat and looks inside. His head snaps back when he sees what's cooking. Marcus looks around and sees a solitary dumpster. It's a blue and unassuming cube, just another part of your run-of-the-mill parking garage. He looks back the way he came and then ahead at the pass he can take. His heart is racing and his head is pounding so badly he can feel it in his eyeballs. A nasty, cold sweat breaks out over his body again, and he nearly falls to the pavement. He can almost hear Mayang telling him, This is where you belong anyway, as he jumps inside the dumpster and slowly closes the lid over his head. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sinister scenarios run through Marcus's mind, rising up from the depths of his psyche, like the fumes of odor all around him. He knows what will happen if he's caught. Interrogation. A lengthy trial. Life. In prison. And worst of all, the disappointment of his parents. His erratic thinking comes to a halt with a single clear thought. There is only one way to escape. He knows what he has to do. His grip tightens, hands interlocked, wrapped around the handle of his knife. He can hear the police and their dogs coming closer now. 
a thunderous rush of footsteps and barking and breathing, all echoing off the concrete walls of the garage. Calm washes over Marcus as he makes his decision. The thin band of light streaming through the dumpster's lid illuminates his bloodshot eyes and nothing else. He tilts his head back so the glow marks align across his Adam's apple and takes one last breath of foul, stale stench. It doesn't even hurt, he thinks, as the tip of the blade separates the skin and sinks into his throat, releasing a torrent of blood. It flows warm and thick over his neck, shoulders, and chest, like a much-needed hug. He pushes the blade in deeper, then yanks it across and collapses into the trash. The cut is significant. He'll be dead soon. Miang's incessant bitching returns, and Marcus's wide, terrified eyes focus intently on something beyond the darkness. Outside, the police follow the search dogs as they zigzag down the street and into a parking garage. Their shadows grow long as they approach the light over the entrance. The dogs slow and smell the air more deliberately, then lead on. The canine's breast stirs up little dust storms as they sniff the ground, leading the officers all the way to the back of the garage. A lone blue dumpster sits in the corner. The animals get excited as they near it, indicating the trail leads there. Several officers surround the bin with weapons drawn, dogs held at bay. For a moment, no one moves. Everything is silent. The stillness is broken when an officer gets the clear to approach. He walks cautiously, hunched, still pointing his weapon. With a swift movement, he reaches under the lid's flap and aggressively swings it open. He clears the inside of the dumpster, then waves a hand for the others to approach. He walks away slamming his sidearm home in frustration. Marcus lies slumped in the corner, face bathed by the mad waving of the officer's torches. His head hangs at an insane angle. His heart hasn't given in just yet and is still pumping blood out of his neck. He has almost completely decapitated himself. The officers wonder amongst themselves if they should bother trying to save him. Before Marcus's brain dies, his eyes move over the wall of the trash bin his face a mask of terror. It's the face of a man asked a question to which the answer is too enormous to articulate. The question of, what does he see there, down in the dark?
Monstro is an Incongruity Media production. If you've enjoyed this experience, please subscribe and leave a positive review. You can find out more by searching for Monstro Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit us at monstropodcast.com. This show is produced, hosted, and written by Jack Luna and Mike Boudet. Additional writing by Tyler Bell and Evan Ziegelman. Research by Hagar Barak. Sound design and editing by Jonathan McMichael and Robert Ravelli. Original score by Leon Rogers. Art by Denny Ray.